this is Jess Sherman, and today we'll be mapping constipation in kids on the 15-minute matrix. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. This is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on how to use the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. Today on the 15-Minute Matrix, I'll be speaking with Jess Sherman. Jess is a registered holistic nutritionist and family health expert specializing in brain health and resilience for kids. For 10 years, she has worked alongside naturopathic and medical doctors, family counselors, occupational therapists, teachers, and parents to help kids calm down, learn better, have better sleep, have better poops, enjoy more stable moods, and get over their picky eating. Jessica is the author of Raising Resilience, Take the Stress Out of Feeding Your Family and Love Your Life. Her work has reached families all over the world, helping them fit the food and feeding piece into their health puzzles and improving the lives of their children with learning differences, anxiety, ADHD, autism, and mood disorders. As a parent and advocate for children's health, Jess is working to bring an understanding of the power of good nutrition into the mainstream conversation about children's mental health, learning, and overall resilience. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix, Jess. Thank you so much, Andrea. It's so wonderful to be here. I am really excited to talk about kids and constipation. Let's just start by thinking about constipation in general and then get into the kid arena, if that's okay, because there's so many reasons for constipation. Can we kind of tick through the center part of the matrix and talk about what might cause constipation? I actually really, really like talking about constipation because I work with parents, right? And when their kids are constipated, it's such a soup, you know, like you yes. talk about soup all the time, right? Yeah. It's such a great way to help parents understand the interconnections of the body because they have this problem but they haven't necessarily made the connections between the other symptoms. Usually people come to see me because there's neurological stuff going right. on, like ADHD or autism or something, and they want help with the food piece. And then they've got this constipation and they've never made the connection. So it's a really nice way to open up that conversation and to say, listen, like the body is an interconnected series of ecosystems that work together as a system, as you know, you so beautifully teach with your matrix and all the functional nutrition stuff that you do. So in terms of causes, I mean, there are so many yes. causes in the world of functional nutrition and functional medicine. We know that like what goes on in the gut, it touches every single body system. Yes. Right. And so every single body system could be involved in the triggers for constipation. Thank you for the reflection there. I mean, if we tick around the soup of the matrix, the central part, we can think about structural integrity, even with leaky gut and gut hyperpermeability. We could think of GI function, immune and inflammatory balance, detoxification, hormones. There's so many things. And I think people just think, take a pill. Or what am I supposed to eat? And there's so much that could be upstream contributing to that constipation. If they have actually asked the question, what should I eat? They're like way ahead of the game. So many people like are told that what their child eats or what they eat has no bearing on their constipation. Like that is still 
out there in the discourse. And then what happens, it happens with adults and it happens all the time with kids is they get put on a laxative. Yes. And these laxatives, the peg has not been tested on children. So I really love talking about constipation with parents because not only does it open up the whole holistic functional way of looking at the body, but there are so many pieces to it that we can try so that the laxatives that are not all that safe for kids don't need to be used. Yeah, it can be avoided. When we're thinking about this, there's so many things I want to talk about already. I'm thinking like we need to talk about laxatives. And of course, with kids, we need to talk about that gut brain connection. But the detoxification or the toxicity that can happen to a child when they're constipated. I'm thinking about encropesis. Like my brain is just like all of these things that are constipation in kids. But let me first have you ground us as clinicians. What would we be thinking about differently for children in relation to constipation than we might be thinking about in an adult mature body? Well, I think constipation is also a reflection of what's generally going on with kids. They're just hanging on. You know, there's so much anxiety. There's so much mood dysregulation and self-regulation issues going on with children and toxicity that constipation is like a metaphor almost, (laughs) right? right? For generally what's going on with kids. So I think the first thing we need to think about when you have this issue for a child, first of all, it's a big deal. Sometimes it's important to stress that to families. It's so common, it's considered normal. Hmm. It meets the criteria of a chronic condition, although it's not ever considered to be a chronic condition. It's not in statistics and in the reporting and stuff. So making some space for dealing with this, it's one of a trifecta of things. My non-negotiables, I know you have your non-negotiables. Yeah, bring them on. What's the trifecta? Well, they're similar to yours, but I specifically deal with kids, but they need to be pooping and they need Mm -hmm. to be sleeping and they need to be eating. Mm -hmm. And if they're not doing those three things, layering on, you know, multiple levels of complexity in terms of medications or things therapies or nutritional supplements even, we need to make some space for those three things in a child to make sure that that's happening. So that's, I think, the first place to start is to say our kids are stuck in this sympathetic state across the board, really, like so many kids are, right? And constipation is a result of that. So that requires that parents really consider how they're going to restructure things, how they're going to slow down, how they're going to make space for family Mm -hmm. meals. Mm -hmm. and make space for chewing and make space for real food. And that's often, I think, missed in clinical work because it's definitely the place where like a health coach and a nutritionist will work. But there's so many different layers to what's going on with kids that it's sometimes missed because it's so basic. Yeah, it's true. It's that tier one, tier two work that we're looking at the non-negotiables. We're looking at the deficiencies. We are. (laughs) Those of us working in the coaching and nutrition, diet and lifestyle modification piece. But that oftentimes, especially for this population that you see, we're running away to the therapies or the interventions that can address those mental health issues, bypassing body's natural function. And the other thing that I see happening a lot is that we skip right to food restriction Mm -hmm. and right to taking things out of the diet and don't eat the sugar and don't eat the gluten and don't eat the dairy and all of this stuff. And when we're talking about children specifically, we have to tread really, really cautiously there because they're also developing a relationship with food, right? Yes. Food is also a connection piece with our kids and it can so easily become a rift when you're saying no, no, no all the time. Absolutely. It can cause a rift in the family. So I try to flip that on its head and I really try to always start 
from a perspective of nourishment. Yes. But what can we add into the diet before we ever talk about taking stuff out? Having said that, it is sometimes a food irritation, like that you, you've got to take something out of the diet. But because we're working with kids, I always start from nourishment and start to make space, bring the connection piece back in, eating together, chewing together. Yeah, resting together, being in that parasympathetic. I love that you said that, Jess, because I think people often mistake that the removal of gluten, dairy, sugar is the non-negotiable. And in fact, I always like to flip it as well and say eating as diverse of a diet as possible is the non-negotiable. And then we have to really take the is possible part into that bio-individuality. So if we were in the realm, in our clinical realm, in that place of bringing food in, but had to consider which foods come out, when it comes to constipation, are there common foods or food categories that you're seeing connected to constipation in kids? I'd love to just take an opportunity to introduce the four pillars that I teach parents because it starts with nourishment. You asked about the foods and the nutrients that are involved in constipation. The very first pillar that I look at is nourishment. So that's going to be hydration. That's going to be, you know, magnesium rich foods, zinc rich mm. foods, vitamin C rich foods. These are all involved in motility, in stomach yes. acid. Serotonin also is yes. sometimes missed as well, right? So we need those tryptophan-rich foods, making sure that all of those nutrients are coming in and using supplements if we need to, to fill the gaps. But also in that nourishment pillar is sleep, right? And movement and connection, connecting with our kids, helping them feel safe. That's also in the nourishment mm, pillar. Love that. And then after we deal with that, we can go into some of the stressors, the irritation, and that's when we get into like more of the connection and the anxiety. We can get into some of the foods. I find if we're going to take out any food for constipation, I've found that dairy is yeah. non-fermented dairy. Is that what you find too? Totally. I find that that's kind of giving us our biggest bang for our buck. Gluten sometimes too, but I start with dairy when it's constipation. Yes. Having said that though, fermented dairy, it can usually be brought back in pretty quickly. I teach them how to kefir their mm -hmm. dairy, making sure that it's a good solid 24-hour fermented so that the, the casein is broken down, the lactose is broken down, and it's a lot easier to digest. That's usually really thrilling for parents. Yes. <laughs> because it's such an easy food to give your kids. And even the whey from like um, strained yogurt can be helpful. So there are certain types of dairy that I like to keep in there. In the irritation and stress pillar, there's also toxicity. We have to pull out the chemicals around the home, the environmental contaminants that are in our food. Those can absolutely be irritating. We could also look at the structural part of the matrix that would fall into the irritation and the stress. The mind emotional part would fall in here. So that's my second pillar is we have to look at the stressors. And then blood sugar is a third. And this one is not so much a causative player in constipation, but some of the same players are involved, right? So poor blood sugar management isn't necessarily causing the constipation, but as we work through our blood sugar strategies, we also improve digestion. We also improve constipation. So I love beet juice for this. I love milk thistle. Milk thistle and peppermint tea together 
are really nice for kids and it's calming, right? So I love to integrate that into the family's lives of having tea time in the evening with your kids or after school or anytime, any chance we get to pull them out of the sympathetic state that they live in. Mm. Tea can be a really nice way to do that. Adding some nettle in there also. Love that. Yeah. I like the combination of mint, nettle, and goji berries as a sweetener but then you don't even eat them. That was always been one of my favorites that kids love. Wonderful. I'm going to try that one. Just soak them in there and then you can strain them out, but they give just the right amount of sweetness that kids love it. And then I love your addition of the milk thistle. Mm-hmm. And milk thistle can be a tea or it can be a tincture. Yeah. You can add it into that. I'm loving castor oil right now. Yes. That stuff is magical. Castor oil packs are going to help for blood sugar stability, but also going to help the liver and the gallbladder and just make digestion go so much further. One of the things I love, and I just, I have to shout out to Dr. Marisol Tejero. I don't know if you've had her on your podcast. Not yet. She has helped me understand the miraculous nature of castor oil. And one of the things she taught me was that it's the only oil that can actually get into the dermis layer of the skin. Yep. You know, these kids who are super constipated are not digesting their fats very well, typically. And in traditional nutritional therapy, increasing fats will help get digestion moving as it starts to lubricate. But I'm finding that some kids don't respond very well to that. Exactly. If you can increase the fats topically with the castor oil, it starts to move things. I love that. That's such a good clinical pearl because I think this is one of the mistakes that you're pointing to that a lot of families looking to embrace traditional dietary therapies fall into where they may be eating a higher fat diet and that diet is not helpful for the child because they aren't able to digest fat. So this is a great way that we start to also mobilize everything in the digestive tract topically without overloading the system internally. Yeah, and at the same time, if you use a pack, it'll stimulate the gallbladder as well, that fat digestion. Yeah. Yeah, we don't want to take fat out of the diet because they're not digesting it. We want to help them digest the fat because they need it, right? Yes. And so pillar four, we have nourishment, stressors. And I love that, like how much nourishment encompasses. It's sort of like the non-negotiables for me. Like non-negotiables aren't just what you eat. They're everything you do in life. And I love that you talk about it as nourishment and you look at the stressors as all the things that could be insults that aren't contributing to a child's elimination, but also their behavior and all the things that could be contributing factors there. Blood sugar, what's pillar four? Pillar four is digestive support. Mm. We know in functional nutrition, we know that that's the heart of everything is digestion, but I get to it last because really everything we've been doing up to this part is digestion. Yes, exactly. (laughs) But at this point we can go from tip to tail you know, starting with the brain and really pull it apart and say, okay, what part of the digestive tract have we missed? And we can go back to taking time, smelling the food and taking time to chew and talking about food because digestion really starts in the brain as you teach, right? Yeah. And that piece too, my child went to a Waldorf school, you know, so there was a lot of singing around food. There was a lot of like really gentle prayer around food. And it's one of the things that I just feel like is so important important that we take that moment to bless our food, to get into that cephalic phase and into the rest and digest and to get the secretions going. And what you're talking about is that kids are 
in this place, they're likely eating in the car or eating in front of the television or computer or taking us out of this realm where all the secretions are actually working and into this place where we're not meeting the food where we need to. That's such a nice full circle thing to say, like, again, this kind of thing is often missed. If nobody's ever asked them, what does your family meal look like? Then you would never know that, like, well, the 10-year-old's eating in front of the TV and the mom is breastfeeding over here and the dad hasn't come home from work yet. And it's just this disjointed thing. So that sometimes gets missed. And so what we need to do is say, well, constipation is a downstream result of something much, much bigger and can we figure out a way to come together and make time and make space and do exactly what you just talked about? I think the matrix is such a wonderful tool for understanding this. You know, everything that I talk about can be mapped right onto there. If there was a one more clinical pearl, I would say it's coconut water kefir. Mm. Helps so much for constipation and it's dairy free and it's easy to make. It hydrates and it brings the bacteria in there. I find it really helps get things moving. And the other one I see working really well is slippery elm. Yeah, two favorites of mine for sure. Thank you for really sharing your pillars and your work and how you bring this perspective to not just constipation in kids, but kids' health in general. Thanks so much for having me. The 15-Minute Matrix is brought to you by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. The 15-Minute Matrix team includes music by my son, Gilbert Nakayama, and Carla Schaefer on sound production, as well as Renee Hunt, Natalie Merrill, and Christine Shook. You can visit us and hear more episodes at 15minutematrix.com. And if you'd like to be notified each time there's a new podcast episode ready, please go to 15minutematrix.com forward slash notify. We'll be sure to drop into your inbox with a short reminder that a new episode is ready for you. You also have an open invitation to email us. I'd love to know who you want to hear on The Matrix and what you'd like to see mapped. You can email us at ask at 15minutematrix.com.